Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Tableau podcast <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the tableau podcast uh so i was looking at our um the tableau podcast dms i'm like kind of addicted now so um music jade is an infj and she wants to know what i am and um i'm actually not a big fan of these um personality or type tests because you know they can never really fully understand who you are. And the minute you have it in your head that you are a certain thing, you start living that way. You know, it becomes, it manifests itself as reality. So, um, you know, that's why I don't like horoscopes. Although, you know, it's a guilty pleasure to check once in a while. But uh, so I'll, I'll try it. There's a site called 16personalities.com. Uh, and apparently you don't have to pay. So take the test. Uh, fast and easy. It takes less than 12 minutes. <sighs> I hate these tests that have too many questions. I wish they just asked you like three questions and, you know, you get it. So if you guys are listening, um, well, you're obviously listening. <laughs> Go to 16personalities.com. That's number 16personalities.com and uh, you can take it with me. Okay, here we go. You enjoy vibrant social events with lots of people. You enjoy vibrant social events with lots of people. Oh yeah, how many people are we talking about here though? Right? Like, are we talking about like 10,000 people? Or are we talking about like a good 30 to 40 people? Because 10,000 people, I, I don't want to, you know, unless I'm performing, I don't want to be like, and what's a vibrant social event? Like, what's the opposite of a vibrant social event? Is it when, like, a lot of people gather and you just sit there, like, depressed? I mean, this is really hard. You enjoy vibrant social events? I'm not going to be able to get through this test. All right, guys. Give me about… I'll be back in, like, a second because I'm going to stop the tape and take the test and I'll be back. And I'll tell you what MBTI I am. Okay, I am back. That was a quick second for you. But for me, it took me a while. I think I think too much. So I'm on the last question now. As soon as I answer this and hit C results, I will know what my MBTI is. The last question is, you rarely feel insecure. Uh, this, this test has made me feel um, pretty insecure though. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it like to the right of the middle. So... Disagree, but towards the middle. See results. Just a moment, it says. Okay. I am apparently an INFP-T. What? It says I'm a mediator. Me? 
Oh, I did. On the last episode, I brought Sony and Disney together. Maybe that's why. So look at this. Um, I am 58% introverted. I am 92% intuitive and 8% observant. And my nature says that I'm 82% on the feeling and emotion side instead of thinking. Um, and tactics, I am uh, more on the prospecting side. And identity, it says I'm turbulent. All right. Okay. Uh, so it's, it says I am an INFP-A or INFP-T. This can't be right. Because I remember I was like, but maybe I've changed. See, because personality does change, right? If I remember something else when I took this, like when I was in, like, you know, when I was in college or like high school, uh, I must have changed a lot. So these are the people um, that are similar to me. Oh, it shows you like similar celebs. J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, Lord of the Rings, basically. Uh, William Shakespeare. Bjork. Okay, I'm feeling better. <laughs> okay, I'm feeling better. I was like, wait, a mediator? That sounds boring. And then I'm feeling much better. Alicia Keys. Tom Hiddleston. Our Loki right here. Uh, Julia Roberts. William Wor uh, Wordsworth. Johnny Depp. Frodo Baggins from The Lord of the Rings. What? Dude, Frodo's a fictional character. How did he take this test? What the hell is this talking about? Arwen from The Lord of the Rings. Fox Mulder from X-Files. Yo, I am losing… Um, I am sort of like… Not really sure that this thing is for real. Why is it telling me that… I have the same personality as some of these fictional characters. They didn't take this test. All right, whatever. Well, anyways, yeah, I am turbulent right now. I feel very insecure. So, music, Jade. Uh, I took the MBTI test. Now you know what I apparently am. Yeah, but like I said, I'm not a big fan of these personality tests. They can never like totally pin down who you are because I mean, when you take these tests, there are two types of people. The ones that like really think about it and try to answer like what they honestly are like. And then there are some that will project what they would like themselves to be like and answer, right? I swear there, there must be tests where you answer like 70 of these questions. And at the end, it's like, you lied. You lied. You didn't tell the truth about yourself. You're not. You want to think you're caring, but you're not. And that's why I don't, I don't trust these tests. Because I don't trust myself. You know what I mean? Like any aptitude test or like personality test or any traits test. Um, I don't trust myself to, to, you know, be answering these things sufficiently to get the right result. Because, um, you know, not that I'm going to lie, but… Do I really know who I am enough to answer these things? Someone else has to take it for you is what I think. Anyways, so uh, recently I discovered that um, 
I might have a superpower. And um, this is, to you, it might be like coming out of nowhere, but I'm for real. Like, for real, for real, I think I may have a tiny bit of a superpower that is very underdeveloped and sort of useless. So what it is, is after a show I did, I did like a series of shows and my body was aching like crazy. I went to get a deep tissue massage and like, you know, Chinese massage. And it, it hurts like crazy, even if your body is perfectly fine. And, you know, my muscles were really just messed up at the time and obviously hurt like crazy. The guy started with my ankles and like, he was like, dude, I'm not even like pressing that hard. And I was like, oh my God. I was just sweating like crazy, like in complete pain. Just, is this going to kill me? Is this guy going to like, seriously, like just kill me right now? And as I was feeling this pain, I was screaming out because it hurt so much. And I became self-conscious. I was like, there are other people here, you know, trying to relax trying to chill out to this weird Zen music that's coming out. And they're going to be hearing my screams and it's going to like just mess with their peace. So I got to, I got to, you know, I got to resist screaming. And then it led to me like trying to convince myself that what I'm feeling isn't actually pain. It's like, it's a sensation that, um, you know, that doesn't have to be something bad. And I'm like, what you're feeling is not pain. What you're feeling is not pain, not pain. It's not pain. And this miraculous thing happened where he was, you know, doing the exact same thing. And I had convinced myself, like my brain had convinced my body or whatever, my nerves, that what I was feeling was not pain. And I was, I stopped screaming. I stopped like even groaning. And, and I, you know, I was perfectly fine. And he's like, this doesn't hurt. He's like, yo, this doesn't hurt. And I'm like, it hurts if you think it's pain. But I, I'm, I'm not convinced that that is what I'm feeling right now. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I, I, I have a superpower. Like, I can't feel pain. Like, I can convince myself to not feel pain even though I'm feeling it. You know what I mean? And so my wife was next to me, you know, getting like, we we're getting like a couple massage. And I was like, I was like, hey, John, hey, John. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, she's like, you know, she's in pain too. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, I think I have a superpower. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, dude, like, because it hurt like crazy. And then I convinced myself that this isn't pain. Like, this isn't a bad feeling. Like, this isn't something where I have to, like, squirm. And I'm perfectly fine now. Although he's going with the same pressure. I'm, like, perfectly fine. I think if I develop this, if I, like, work on it for the next, like, decade or so, I can develop it to where, like, I can be in a, in a, in a battle, you know, in a fight with someone evil and, and, they're inflicting pain on me, but I have convinced myself that what I'm feeling is not pain, so they can't hurt me. And I explained this to her, and then, you know, I had like this thing over my eyes when I was doing this, 
you know, they put up like a towel over your eyes. And she, I guess she got up a little bit to test this on me, right? Because I was telling her I have the superpower. And then she like, me, which is like, she, you know, she'd like grab my thigh like this with her fingers. And I was like, I was like, Aah! and she's like, what superpower? And I was like, I told you it's in development. Like, I have to have the time to, you know, let my mind convince me that this isn't pain. Like, I can't be surprised. I'm not at that level yet, you know? And so it's, you know, this, this is going to sound, this is probably sounding ridiculous to most of you, right? But the power of the mind is what I've unlocked. And I haven't been able to stop thinking about this. You know, like I'll be in the car like with Haru and she'll be like, Dad, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, no, nothing, nothing. And she doesn't know that I'm, I'm busy developing this superpower. So, you know, so I started reading up on it, like not the superpower thing, but like the science aspect of it. And, you know, your mind is, is an incredible thing. Your mind dictates um, your body and your body's health and your, what your body feels. And if, if I can do that, if I can convince my body to not feel pain as pain, what else can my mind do to my body or to my heart, you know? And I am convinced that if I did have the time where I, if I could quit music right now and just all of my responsibilities out the window and I could have 10 years to myself to develop this thing I've discovered, I do believe that it can become a mild superpower. Of course, it's not the greatest superpower. I wish I had something else um, because, you know, it involves people like kicking and punching me to know it works. You know, I can't do anything to them. They can only do things to me that I can, you know, withstand. So it's not a great superpower, but um, I recently discovered this. I don't advise you guys to try this at home. Whoever's listening, do not try this at home. Okay? Don't do anything crazy. But the next time you get like a deep tissue massage, like a, like a you know, like painful massage, try it. Seriously, just be like, this isn't pain. Like this thing that I'm feeling right now, this sensation that I'm feeling is not pain. It's, it's, it's something that I can, I can withstand. It's something that feels good. And um, if you can do it, man, you, you have this superpower as well. And, and then it got me to thinking, you know, like, can our, our mind, like, our mind is definitely strong enough to convince our soul or, or our, you know, our body to, to not feel like shit when we feel like shit, you know? And the problem is that when you feel like shit, um, you know, it's very hard for your mind to escape feeling like that, to do something to counter that. Your mind is uh, not, you know, strong enough to do it. That's, that's like the definition of when you feel horrible. Well, what I'm trying to say is, um, I've, I've started doing this thing like a long time ago. Um, 
I've started this thing a long time ago. So I've always done this thing where uh, I am very, very quick to realize that I am going down on a downward spiral. I am very quick to recognize it because uh, so for a very long time, ever since I was a kid, um, you know, I, I was not fully in control of my emotions. And um, sometimes when I would feel down, it would, you know, it would go so deep down that it, it could destroy me. It could harm me. And um, I've, you know, I've been told from doctors um, certain conditions I have. Um, I've met with various different, you know, non-doctors uh, who try to tell me what, what is with me, what is wrong with me. And because I've been dealing with, you know, that kind of thing for such a long time, I quickly recognize when I'm about to start, you know, on the first step down, right? Like, oh my God, I'm feeling something. Uh, I'm feeling a certain way. And if I let this continue, I'm going to continue to go down these stairs and then eventually trip and roll down these stairs and not be able to get back up easily. And because I quickly recognize it, I do these things to counter it. And one thing I do, which is going to sound kind of weird, um, I actually posted it on Twitter once because I was feeling that way. I was like, whenever I feel down, this is what I do. And it got retweeted like, like crazy. And um, what it was is, um, so I make a playlist of Disney princess songs. <laughs> this is not a joke. Um, so as soon as I feel like I'm starting on my downward spiral, I already have a playlist made. So I, you know, queue it up. And it's, it's a bunch of Disney movie soundtracks. But specifically, the songs where the princess uh, is in a dilemma and realizes something, you know, about herself and her self-worth um, through song. So, for example, in Moana, uh, it would be How Far I'll Go. And Milan, which I love, um, which is a movie I love. Uh, it's Reflection. And for um, Ariel from Little Mermaid, it's part of your part of that world, part of yeah, your world. I have a playlist, so I actually never know the titles. And there's a bunch of these songs where in the movie, it's that critical moment where they're like, you know, looking at their reflection off the water and, you know, singing their hearts out. And um, for some reason, those songs, like, really uplift me. Because that's what they, they were designed to do. But I seriously like just make a like a long playlist of all the songs from like Tangled, from Lion King, just Disney, you know, Disney animations where the, the main act uh, figures him or herself out. But most of them are um, Disney princess songs. And then I blast that shit like just really loud. And sing my heart out to them for like an hour. Okay? And as, until I feel better. And this is a weird uh, method. This is a weird thing for a, a rapper 
Asian dad to do. And, um, you know, when I was alone, like living alone, uh, when I was single and just living by myself, you know, there was no issue. The neighbors would be like, dude, what is wrong with our guy in 102, dude? But, you know, it was simple. But after I got married, you know, my wife thought it was pretty weird at first, you know, because all of a sudden, like, you know, I'll have a, like a really bad day. I'll come home. She'll see my like shoulders like, you know, just slouched. And I'm like, she's like, what happened? Did, did something go wrong today? And I'm like, no, it's okay. It's okay. And I enter my room. I close the door. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, who is that girl I see? And, you know, my wife was probably like weirded out by it. Um, but now, you know, my whole family just does it together. And it works for me. Okay. Uh, mind you, disclaimer, I'm not saying uh, when you feel, you know, emotionally troubled. Um, I'm not saying this is the remedy. So if you feel um, down and if you feel like, you know, you're no longer in control of your emotions, um, it's best to talk to someone. Talk to someone that can really help um, or to talk to loved ones um, and to find that security again. But I'm saying just when you feel like kind of like shit, when you feel like you're, you know, for some reason or no reason at all, you feel like you're about to go down that dark, you know, downward spiral. Um, at the beginning, just, I don't know, this works for me. And I listen to these songs like at least, at least like two, three times a week to keep my, my sanity basically. And it really, really works. Do you have a, do you have a favorite Disney princess song? Dude, Reflection is the greatest song. And um, I recommended it to you guys. Like, really, make this playlist. If it works for you, keep doing it. If it doesn't work for you, you know, move on to the next step. But um, I like Reflection so much. And that song does so much for me that I, I actually have different versions of it on my playlist. I have the Christina Aguilera version. I have the Leah Salonga, uh, the original version from the movie. And then I have the Coco Lee version. Okay. And there are two versions of the Coco Lee um, versions. So Coco Lee um, has one in Chinese and has one in English. And I like both of them. And I've been singing along to all of these versions to the point where like I can sing along to the Chinese version. Because it's got a different vibe and I love it. And this playlist works. Like, and that's why Disney is like a huge corporation. You know, they're like a, they're like a monster basically, right? They're like a beast. And um, I'm, as with all corporations, I'm sure, you know, at off, you know, at many times it's going to be like the evil empire. And, you know, the dark kingdom. But um, I can't knock them because they've provided for me this playlist. Uh, another thing 
that I do is… Um, I mentioned it on the last episode during the breaking news. But the Tobey Maguire evil dance from uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Three, three, three. I keep saying two. Two was the greatest one. Okay. So three. Um, Peter Parker is suddenly emo Peter Parker. Uh, he turns evil because of, you know, the black suit. And uh, he, you know, all that happens is he parts his hair a different way. And uh, dresses in black. And then does this weird dance like down the street. Where you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself like… Dude, is the, did the director like do a horrible job? Like did he fail at what he was… You know, intending to do and create like this joke of a scene and make Peter Parker a joke? Or is this director so like above us and so like out there and so advanced and so just amazing at what he does that um, he, he's like… He intentionally made this scene so damn funny. Right? Because like… Google Peter Parker or Spider-Man's evil dance. Okay? Or just search it on YouTube. And there's a video that has obviously been viewed like many, many times. And that video… Dude, three, three repeat viewings of that video. And you feel better. Oh my god. Like the, uh, the passion in the dance… And what's funny is like the 30th time you watch it or the 40th time you watch it, you start having like this newfound respect for the dance. Because you have to realize like Tobey Maguire went on set that day, right? Just judging from the script, it's like, you know, Peter Parker walks down the sidewalk, does a dance. And he's like, okay, I'm probably going to have to do a dance. And then he, he walks on set or like he goes to prepare for this scene and there's a, there's a choreographer. And um, so Toby's like, dude, okay, what, what kind of dance do I have to do? And the director is there too. And the director and the choreographer is like, so we want you to do this. We want you to take your fingers like as if, you know, you're in the wild west. And you're like shooting. You're like, you know, drawing, drawing your guns and having a duel. And go like this as you walk down the street. And Toby… You know, I don't know what condition he was in at the time when he was watching the movie. But if… You know, if it was me and that happened, the director's like, I want you to do this. And then I want you to walk out of a store and then have your hands above your head like this. And then, you know, go like this. Like, you know, move your hips back and forth. And I'm, I would be like… Wait, wait. You want me to go like this? Like… Seriously? You want me to do this? And then you want me to do this? And I would be very… I, I would really contemplate retiring. Right? But this, this man, he, he put up with it and he went through with it. Okay? Realized this guy probably went to the screening for this… Film, like the premiere for this film and watched himself do, do this 
with his hips uh, in front of his like, you know, close friends and family, everyone in Hollywood, his agent, you know, like his, his, uh, his, you know, his physical trainer, all these people were there, his grandma, you know, DiCaprio, all these people were there watching on a big screen him do this and he put up with it, right? So you start watching it like 30, 40 times and you're like, at first you're just laughing your ass off because you're like, this is ridiculous. This is so, this is so ridiculous. This is so bad. And then like the, you know, 20th time you're like, oh my God, this is, this is actually kind of witty. Maybe like if the director intended us to feel this way, I mean, that's, that's pretty witty because he's like, maybe like he's playing a prank on us. And then the 30th, 4th, 40th time you watch it, you're like, dude, this, this man, this, this actor, this dude, like who did serious roles, you know, he just, he just finished Spider-Man 2 with Dr. Octopus, with great movie, you know, serious, you know, it was heartbreaking. Uh, and then he comes to do Spider-Man 3 and dude is walking out of a store and doing this, you know, and he did it. Like, what a professional. And this will get me thinking, you know, like I'll have a bad day and I will not want to go to work the next day. And I will think about Tobey Maguire in that scene, right? This dude, I mean, like my tomorrow might not be great, but it's got to be better than the day Toby went on set and the director told him to, you know, gyrate his, you know, his hips with his arms up in a, in a strange dance. Uh, it's got to be better than that. And that man went through with it. Oh, my God. And also gave me a great laugh to last for, you know, centuries. You know, it's on YouTube forever for all of us to look at whenever we feel down. And I recommend going and seeing it right now. If you feel down right now, go on YouTube, search evil, you know, Peter Parker's evil dance. And if that doesn't get you smiling, uh, like I said, um, talk to someone who can really help. You know, it's important to do that. Disclaimer again, uh, whenever you feel emotionally out of control, if you feel like you're not in control of your emotions, please see someone that can help. Um, please be with loved ones. But when you're just feeling kind of down, kind of feeling shitty, and not wanting to wake up tomorrow, watch Peter Parker's Evil Dance or do the Disney playlist thing. And there's another thing that I would recommend. And this is very underrated. Okay, collecting things and watching an ongoing TV series. Okay, something that is going to have like four, five, six, seven seasons. And uh, the reason why I say this, there's this thing that I talked about before, um, but I'm sure many of you will hear it for the first time. Okay, so a long time ago, it was like, you know, 2010, right? When it got really bad. So I personally went through something that was… Something I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do anything about. It was something that I, I was not ready for. Um, it's something that astounded me, you know, just overwhelmed my entire life. 
And, uh, you know, it, it destroyed my life for a couple of years and also destroyed the lives of my family. Um, and, it, you know, it was, it's a time I don't really like to talk about. I don't really like to think about. If you want to know what I'm talking about, um, Google, even the title of this article is, is telling. Um, it's a Wired article, Wired magazine. Uh, the article is called The Stalking of um, Hip-Hop, like K-Pop Superstar, like Daniel Lee. The Stalking of Daniel Lee. Just Google that and you will see this article. And it, it goes into very um, in-depth detail about like what happened to me for a few years. So uh, something horrible happened to me and my family. Uh, and it was something that was not, you know, not something people can overcome. Okay, it was it was out of our control. Um, there was nothing I could do, and that's when I, you know, I got very, very, very depressed. Obviously, and the first thing I realized about being depressed is you do not want to wake up the next day, like, and. That means you don't want to close your eyes at night. Like you don't want to go to sleep because, because tomorrow nothing good is waiting for you. Um, and that's what it was like for me then. Like every single day, it was getting progressively worse. It, you know, it was something with the internet and um, just everyone against me. Uh, and that's the thing. Like that's the thing about depression. It, it puts you in a position where like, um, you, you don't want to wake up for tomorrow. Like you don't even want to think about tomorrow because it's going to be worse. And uh, one thing I did, I don't know why I did it even. I can't remember exactly. But what I did was I took a piece of paper because I, I realized that at one point that like I needed to do something about it. You know, I needed a, a strategy. Um, so that I don't lose myself. Because if I lose myself, I, I would, you know, hurt my family as well. Like my family would lose me. And so I took a piece of paper. I put a line down the middle. And I wrote, um, reasons I don't want to wake up tomorrow. And on the right side, I wrote, reasons I want to wake up tomorrow. And on the reasons I don't want to wake up, it was so easy for me to write, you know, because, because everyone hates me. Um, no one believes me. Um, you know, I, I no longer have a career. My family is losing jobs. Um, I'm being threatened. We're being like in the streets. We're being physically threatened. Um, you know, I've, I've destroyed my family's happiness inadvertently and it was really easy for me to write all the reasons why i didn't want to wake up tomorrow it was it filled up very quickly and then when i was trying to write uh reasons why i want to wake up tomorrow it was really hard for me to write anything down and obviously right but what you know what the, the thought that came into my head was Maybe I'm thinking that these things need to be something like amazing, right? And something extraordinary. 
because I looked at the list for all the reasons why I don't want to wake up tomorrow. These were pretty extraordinary things, right? They're out of the ordinary. Like my family is, you know, my family's happiness has been destroyed or like the, like literally the entire world at this moment is against me. Uh, no one believes in me. These are extraordinary things. And on the right side, you know, the, the reasons why I want to wake up, like I was trying to think of something like huge, like, um, you know, because I'm happy, because, because I have a beautiful family. And uh, instead, I started writing down like these mundane things, these, you know, very, if you think about it, superficial things, right? I like watching a certain TV show. I wrote, um, there's a Infinite Challenge. Wuhan Dojan is a big, was a big show at the time. Um, and I wrote, I like watching Infinite Challenge. And there's also a show called Surprise in Korea, which is not like the best show ever. Um, it's like they talk about like things that happened in history and weird like conspiracy theories and they act it out. And it's horrible acting, right? It's just, it's really poorly done, but I loved it. And I still love it. And I wrote, I like watching Surprise. And because these were the only things I could write. I couldn't come up with anything awesome to write um, on, on the uh, optimistic side. Because I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have any of it. So I started writing these mundane things. And then it, it got me to think, yo, these are reasons, serious reasons to wake up tomorrow. Because I want to see the next episode. You know, like, it's not the best of reasons. It's, it's not something that would look great on, you know, in a, in a book or in an autobiography. But, um, you know, if, if it gets me to wake up tomorrow, if it gets me to not, um, you know, just end everything now, and it gets me to wake up tomorrow or next week for that next episode, um, good enough. And I wrote it down. And from that point on, you know, like, I hate to be talking about Marvel all the time. But, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like it. Because some of these movies are not going to come out for three, four, five years. And they already announced it, right? And Haru's already excited for the movies that are going to come out in like 2023. You know, 2024. And I'm hoping it continues for like 10, 15 years because it will give me a reason um, as superficial and as small and as, you know, mundane as it may be. Uh, it will give me a reason to long for 2020, for 2021, for 2022. You know, it gives me, it's a strange way to say it, but it gives me a little bit of hope. And when I wrote these, you know, simple things down on, on that side of the paper. That's all I needed to get to the next day. And um, next day, the next day led to the next day, led to the next day. And somehow like a year and two years passed and um, I overcame it, right? So that's when I, you know, that, that's something I would suggest you guys to try like get out a piece of paper and put a line down the middle and try it and i guarantee you it it'll be much harder writing 
um, reasons to wake up tomorrow. Okay? Like reasons to not wake up. I hate my job. You know, I, I, I hate school. Um, the girl I like doesn't like me back. Um, you know, my boyfriend is, is breaking my heart. Um, tomorrow I'm going to have to face a reality I don't want to face. Um, I feel like my life is going nowhere. Uh, my parents don't understand me. And, you know, all these things, I'm sure people can write just on a whim. But reasons to wake up tomorrow, reason why I'm longing for tomorrow, um, it's very difficult to write. And that's when you learn that it's okay to write superficial things, you know? And just make a list of it. And if those things get you to tomorrow, dude, like, I'm all for it. And adults and parents and teachers will say, you know, you're wasting your time. Um, those entrepreneur, like, Instagrams will tell you that you are literally wasting your time watching Netflix, you know, um, you know, playing video games, uh, watching Marvel films, whatever, right? I've actually seen posts that say that. Um, you're spending all your time on Netflix instead of, you know, spending time on like building your life and crushing it, right? Well, how are you going to build a life if you can't even get to tomorrow? If you can't get to next year, you're not going to build anything. If you decide to stop now, you know, none of it matters. So um, I am a huge advocate for people having hobbies, like collecting things. Because if you collect like, you know, let's say you collect stamps or like magnets. There are so many stamps and so many magnets in the world, you will never collect them all. Right? But if it gets you to the next city, to the next gas station, to get that magnet, um, you know, I, I applaud you, dude. I advocate it. And if, uh, if you like watching, you know, Game of Thrones, for example, although it's, you know, it's over, but um, if you liked Game of Thrones and, um, you know, you're waiting for that next season, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. So do what you, do what you want. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm clapping for you. Don't let anyone tell you it's a waste of time. Okay? You decide what's a waste of time. Uh, and actually, someone in, in our Tableau podcast DMs, uh, Josephine Rojas, says um, she sent this message. She hates her job. Hi, Tableau. My name is Jessica, and I was hoping you can give me advice on a situation I am in right now. So I'm working in insurance as a CSR. What's a CSR? Okay. It seems very complicated and difficult to do. As a CSR, but I hate it. I always dread going. Maybe because I'm not that very good at the job, to be honest. I want to quit, but I really need the money. And even though I dislike the job, the people are great and my boss is the best. He even pays for our lunch. I don't know what to do. Should I stick with it? Should I find another job? I don't know what to do. Please help. Even just encouragement is fine. I'm really stressed out. And she sent this to the Tableau podcast. And uh, it sort of goes, you know, with what I've been talking about. Like, this is a big reason not to wake up. You know, not to want to wake up. And 
not to want tomorrow to come, right? And I'm sure you guys listening right now, many of you are like, that's exactly how I feel. I hate my job, you know, but it's, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to quit, right? And um, before, I think if I was like, if it was like early 20s tableau, you know, when I was like releasing my you know, third or fourth album, I'd be like, quit that shit. I'd be like, quit it. If you don't love what you do, you know, if it's not a place where you are, you know, feeling some kind of satisfaction and if, if, if your job is not giving you joy, get out. You know, you, you, can, you can find something that um, makes you passionate, you know, makes your heart beat. But um, K-pop Asian dad tableau, uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure what the answer is. There, there isn't an answer. That's the thing, right? Like nobody has the answers. I definitely don't. And, um, you know, I can't tell you to just quit your job. You know, if that's how you are making a living and, you know, it's something that is benefiting you or your family, I can't just tell you to quit because of, you know, passion. But, um, I do think that if you hate your job now, right? But you, you decide to stay because the money is okay. Um, the best outcome of that really is you will end up hating your job for more money. You know? That's like the better outcome there, right? Because if you already hate your job, but you're just sticking through it because it's good pay, um, eventually, you're going to be hating your job with great pay. And, um, you know, that old uh, adage about, like, money doesn't buy happiness. Um, some people will be like, no, money doesn't buy happiness, but it buys crazy happiness. <laughs> um, like, I'm not sure if money can't buy happiness. I don't know. You know, it just doesn't work for me. Um, money has never bought me happiness. But uh, if you hate your job now, um, eventually you're, you're going to get promoted and you're just going to be paid more to hate your job. So that's something to think about, definitely. Um, and another thing is, I always, whenever like I get these messages like of people hating their job, but they want to quit, but they don't know what to do, Many, many times, um, it's because the people they work with are great or their boss is nice. You know, the people they work with are so pleasant that they feel bad for quitting. And um, I would say never stay at a job that you hate, um, that doesn't add value to, to you um, just because the people you work with are nice. I don't think that's a good reason to stay. Um, because you can get a group of nice people doing, you know, something that they hate together, right? And um, actually, that doesn't sound too bad. Now that I think about it, like Epic High has done a, a bunch of things that we hate as, as a collective. And because we liked each other, 
Wait, I'm going back on my advice right now. Dude, now that I think about it, I've had to dress up as a leopard. Okay? I don't even know if it was a leopard or a cheetah. It was like spandex cheetah suit with a tail and everything on TV. I willingly did this because they brought out costumes and I was like, Okay, I'll be a cheetah. Okay. Uh, although I willingly did it, do you think I, I, I really wanted to do that? Like, to be a cheetah all of a sudden? Um, while making like these heartfelt songs? And this was early in our career um, when we were on like basically every TV show in Korea. And... Um, yeah, I literally dressed up as a cheetah. I climbed a ladder and I I did it like a cheetah growl. Okay. And uh luckily it's so long ago that it's not stop Googling it. Yeah, that's me. Oh, that's a that's something else. That's me dressed up as a bee. Um, so okay, so I dressed up as many, many animals. Sometimes because I really wanted to. Okay, no one asked me to dress up as a bee. Uh, I just did that for some reason. Uh, but the cheetah thing, like, I kind of didn't have a choice. Or I felt like I didn't have a choice. And, but it was okay because I was with my members and I enjoyed being with them, right? So what I'm trying to say is, like, when I was doing these TV shows, oftentimes, you know, although it got us into the living rooms of many, many people, and um, I'm sure many of us were, you know, many of you were introduced to Epic High that way. Um, but, you know, sometimes on TV, like, we had to do things and participate in things that we, we you know, didn't want to participate in. Like, not just didn't want, like, it, it, it made us feel unhappy. And the company pushed us to do it oftentimes. And it was bearable because I did it with like people, you know, that I love and, you know, we care about each other. Um, despite what, what it may seem like. We do care about each other. And now that we look back, we actually laugh at it. But like, remember when I was dressed up as a cheetah? And I climbed a ladder for some reason and I was like… And I don't even think a cheetah makes that kind of sound. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, if you don't enjoy your job, but you enjoy the presence or the company of the people you're working with, um, it's possible that you have good enough chemistry to turn that situation into a job that you love. It's possible. Dude, if people are being nice to you at your job, that means you are good at it. Okay? You're good enough to be there. Like, I think you just feel like you're not good enough. But um, if your boss is buying you lunch and your coworkers are like, are great to you, um, you must be doing something great, right? For them to love working with you. So, uh, Josephine, I would suggest, I don't know what I would suggest anymore now that I think about it. Um, don't quit your job on a whim, but think about these things, I guess. Um, if you truly hate your job, 
if if you okay, now I got it. If you hate your job because of the nature of the job itself, right? Like the essence of the job, quit. Okay, because the essence of that job is not going to change. Um, you know, there are certain jobs that are the way they are, and the nature of that job is not a benevolent one. And if that hurts your soul, you got to quit. But if you if you are if you hate your job because you feel like you're not good enough. If you feel like you're the problem, um, it might not be a situation where you're hating your job. You might be dealing with hating yourself. And don't be your own hater. Like, you need to like step back a bit, look at yourself, and and um, you know, give yourself the benefit of the doubt a bit, and also give yourself a little bit of encouragement. Um, just look around the room and, you know, fill the room out and like assess the situation. If the boss and your friends, your coworkers are great to you um, and you feel that it's genuine, there must be something about you that is, that is great that, or something that you're doing that is great. So give yourself a little bit of slack and, um, you know, spend about, about a couple of weeks like that. And if you feel better, um, you might not hate your job as much anymore. I don't know. That's my grown man advice. All right. We talked about a lot of things today. Um, We will be back next week, every Thursday. So follow the Tableau podcast on IG and Twitter and review us on iTunes. Uh, Apple Podcasts because apparently uh, it really helps out my staff and my staff they work really hard like sometimes I feel bad for the amount of texting that is going on in the Tableau Podcast text room and um, like for some reason I don't think you guys sleep huh you guys are like responding to texts that I intend for you to see when you wake up right or like on your own time, but you guys respond at like four or five in the morning. And I'm like, what? Um, so apparently it helps my staff. So please go to Apple Podcasts, give it five stars if you loved it, and uh, do, a, do a, like a nice review. Uh, you can go to YouTube. It's youtube.com dive studios for YouTube highlights. We have great clips. And added bonus, you can see Eric Nam there too. And, uh, one day we will do like an Eric Nam Tableau podcast like crossover. Like, you know, like Marvel style like shared universe thing. Because I hear Eric talks about me often. And I don't talk about Eric enough. It's because Eddie Nam keeps appearing on this program and trying to take the, you know, take the, the juice. Like trying to take the spotlight off his brother. Like… That's his brother's job. Like his brother's occupation is to be in the spotlight. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.